welcome to the Unpacking Sunday podcast, where we take a deeper look into what God's speaking to us, to our church, and to the world around us. So grab a coffee, sit back, and let's unpack it together. Mike, how are you? I'm good, Josh. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank we, you for, for coming in today. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. Yes. Thank you for You're always here. welcome on my podcast. You're welcome on my podcast as well, Josh. And thank you to everybody <laughs> who is listening. Uh, church, thanks for journeying with us. Yeah. What we want to do today is, uh, as we are preparing to head back into the Book of Romans, we've been out of it for a couple of months, as we did our Advent series, and then we did a series on prayer and fasting. But now we are heading back into Romans. So we want to review where did we come from? What are some questions that maybe people have had from the first part of our series? We only finished two chapters of the book of Romans. We're what taking we're, our time. Yeah. yeah, we are going to be taking our time. It will, it'll be a while before we're done. Rome, Rome wasn't built in a day, I've heard. That's what they say. And come Romans wasn't, wasn't studied in a day there it is. either. Love it. So, yeah. Josh, what, like, just, you don't have to, like, placate me or anything, but what were some of your first thoughts when we were going through the series back in the fall? Yeah, um, I think growing up, Romans was always kind of one of my favorite books of the Bible that I could kind of mm. look for some real, you know, black and white truths. Right. And then uh, now coming back to it kind of with fresh eyes, with uh, a lot more life experience, um, with actually like being a minister and being committed to uh, actually understanding what Paul's trying to write and what's right. written between the lines a little bit more. Uh, I found it really challenging. Honestly, mm. there's like a lot that, um, that is kind of even in my own heart has like challenged me in different ways and called me out in, in different areas of my life where I've, um, you know, maybe used the law to kind of hide under a little bit mm. or, um, yeah, where I haven't fully lived an authentic experience. And so in a way, I'm, I'm very grateful uh, that, you know, it, it does have the ability to kind of shake you a little bit, the Book of Romans. It's uncomfortable, but I also know that I need it, you know? Right. So, so yeah, so for me, it's been, it's been great. Overall, it's been good. Yeah, and I think that's been a consensus in the church. Mm. One of my favorite comments that I got back in the fall was from a member of our church and they said, uh, I'm not comfortable in this series, but I'm realizing being comfortable is not the point. Right. Yeah. Right. And then they ended by saying, I don't feel comfortable, but I feel called. Mm. And they were talking about how they were becoming more equipped to, um, really do this life that we're called to do. Yeah. There's a lot of like really solid discipleship, uh, training really in the book of Romans. And so, I've kind of felt the same thing, to be right. honest. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big book. What about you? How, what have you, what's been your experience? So well, I mean, everything you? that you're saying, obviously, you can imagine, like, trying to preach this. You yeah. You feel like you have to, like, to some degree, be living it out before right. you tell other people to do that. So it's a heavy book to read. Yeah. You know, when I first uh, was talking with the elders about doing the book of Romans, of course, Pastor Reg and I were arguing about whose favorite book it is. Right, yeah. yeah. Right, because <laughs> like you said, it's both of our favorite books. So we agreed that it's my favorite right, book. Right, you, yeah. you won yeah. that one. Yeah, so yeah. anyway. Uh, but I love it, but it's such an important book for us because uh, it lays out 
so many key doctrines for us mm. as Christians, like you said, in a clear and a succinct way, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why I was excited to dive into this book. But as we've seen, it's a challenge because time after time, Paul confronts every excuse we have yeah. to think that uh, we are not deserving of wrath or that we're better than other people mm-hmm. or we're not as in need of a savior as other people are. Right. Right. And so it makes us uncomfortable. Yeah. But it also, above all other things, I think so far in the series, I've been so thankful mm. because it has revealed to me exactly that my deep need for Jesus Christ. Right. 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 And so uh, really how imperfect I am without him. Yeah. I love that the same like heart that Paul wrote the book to, you know, the, the two different groups uh, of Christians within Rome, the two, the Gentiles and the, and the Pharisaical group. Um, it still convicts today the same way that it did back then. It's still, you know, the same, it's very, uh, it's very topical. It mm. still convicts and sanctifies and, and challenges even us today, 2000 years later, right. which is, is, yeah, it's, it shows that like, the Bible really. Well, it's the living word of God. Right? It shows so how inspired not, it yeah. is. Yeah. yeah it like is that inspired. it's, it's time. It's not, it's timeless. It's not yeah. for necessarily that certain group or that certain time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a gift to us really. Mm-hmm. So Josh, what are we reviewing today? Like as we dive into preparing to get back into the series, what do you want to know? What do people want to know? Yeah. Well, I was hoping we could kind of just do a quick review maybe uh, of the first two chapters of the book. I know I have a few questions for you that maybe some other people in our congregation might have had too that maybe popped up as we were going. Um, but let's just, let's take it right back to the start. It's, uh, let, let's just go straight back. It's, sure. it's called the Foundations of Faith. So we'll start at the foundation. Right. Uh, what, why did you end up naming this series the Foundations of Faith? What was the, the heart behind that? Yeah, really, for me, as I look through the book of Romans, we're calling it Foundations of Faith because in this book are so many key concepts and principles and understandings that we have to grasp as mm. believers to properly understand the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Like, um, what does it really mean to be in need of a savior? What is it really, what is the real consequence for my sin? Mm. You know, what does it really mean to live in light of the mercy and grace that I've been given? Mm. You know, Paul's going to get into that later when he talks about living our lives in light of God's mercy as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. And that that is our spiritual act of worship. So Romans has this very systematic way of breaking down the gospel for us in a way that you've already said is mm-hmm. convicting and compelling mm. and brings in everyone, right? It doesn't right. matter if you grew up in church or you're brand new and this podcast is your first time ever hearing about Jesus. Mm-hmm. The gospel applies to all of us mm. and God has actually made a way for everyone. And so if we can understand what Paul wrote to the Romans, we can have a really firm grasp on the application of the gospel of Jesus Christ for our lives. Right. And there's a lot of danger to to misunderstanding uh, maybe what Paul was writing to the Romans as well, right? There's a ton of danger, yeah. Yeah. And so we want to dive deep and take our time and properly understand what it says. Mm. Yeah. So when when Paul wrote this book, we obviously we understand that he wrote it to you know the church in Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was the purpose? Why why did he feel the need to even send out this letter to the church? Yeah, well, it was a divided church in that time because what really had happened is, as you can imagine, 
the church was founded by Jewish background believers, like most of the churches in that time were. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the emperor at that time actually forbade Jews from being in Rome. So they all had to go back mm. um, to Jerusalem or wherever they were from. And so leaving behind only these new converts, like a very few amount of new converts to Christianity mm-hmm. and no Jews. Right. And then eventually when that edict had expired or was revoked or whatever had happened and the Jews could return to Rome, they returned to a church that was now inhabited by Gentile background believers. Mm. And you can imagine the shock of these, uh, for lack of better words, kind of self-righteous Jews who thought that they had a corner on the market when it came mm. to understanding God. Mm-hmm. And they come back to a church that doesn't look proper or doesn't look right. And they're trying to tell people they don't understand who Jesus is or they don't understand how you can come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in your own life. And so Paul uh, has to write to this divided church and really clear the air for them of how both sides, both factions in the church are equally in need of Jesus. Uh, Both sides of the church don't understand it properly. And that's what has made Romans such a gift for us today is because the fact that he had to write so clearly to these two groups of people Mm -hmm. leaves this very clear for us today as well. Yeah. Um, So that's what was happening in the church. It was Romans is like we think that it's a book explaining the gospel just for the sake of explaining the gospel. But really, Romans is a book about unity Mm. in the church Mm -hmm. and that actually we'll find unity as we find proper understanding of who Jesus is and what he's done. Right. And so do you see any kind of parallels from the church in Rome at that time where, you know, there's some disunity, there's uh, believers who think that maybe there's necessarily a certain way and only that one way that you can follow God, and then maybe a group that, that doesn't truly comprehend um, maybe what it means to, to, to bear the cross every day. Do you kind of see any parallels like that in our, in our church today? Well, we have that all over the church, you know, like... Uh, you and I have discussed, like, we both have fallen on one side or the other of that spectrum, right? right? Of, like, I grew up going to church my whole life. You know, I, especially as a teenager, was very judgmental. Mm. Um, I grew up in a very traditional church denomination Mm -hmm. uh, where there was very clear lines of what looked proper and what didn't. Right. Right. And there wasn't a lot of grace if your life didn't look the way it should look. Mm. And really what Paul is teaching us is that it's that our hearts look proper before God, mm-hmm. right? Not, that none of our lives look right before God, right? no yeah. matter what you think. No matter what we put right? on the outside. Yes, yeah. exactly. And that oftentimes even our hearts are turned away from God. And the only way to find our way back to God is when our hearts are turned back to him, mm. when we put faith in Jesus Christ. And after that happens, we'll begin to see our actions change. We'll begin to see our lifestyle change. Right, because there is a right way of living. Right, but it's not what the Jews thought, and it's not, you know, it's not as tight as the Jews thought, and also not like as um, as loose as the Gentiles. Yeah, thought. you could yeah. say that. Yeah. yeah, you could say that. So, but there's a right way of living that God calls us to live, but we will never be able to do that if our hearts are not first right before God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, so a little later on in in the series, you brought up this point uh, that. God has made his power and his um, creativity seen in nature uh, all throughout Mm -hmm. since Genesis, since he created it. Um, So I guess my question is, like, why do we as Christians even, as people who profess to to, to know Jesus, to follow him, um, 
to, you know, commit our lives to him? Why do we still go through seasons of our life where we just feel kind of numb, we feel kind of dull, and we have a hard time kind of seeing the awe and seeing the beauty and the wonder in God's creation? Like sometimes I even personally, maybe it's because we're, you know, we're West Coast, we're, we're BC boys, and, and when we see the mountains every day, we just kind of get numb to it a little mm. bit. But where is that kind of spark? Why does it come in and out? Well, that's a great question, Josh. And I don't think we'll like get to the whole part of that question in one podcast episode. Mm-hmm. But I think that we have to remember the intention of why Paul wrote this. Mm-hmm. What he's saying is, the point of what he's saying is that we are without excuse of knowing God, mm. right? And so there is this idea that like when we see creation, that our, something leaps inside of us when we see something amazing, right? Yeah. But the point that he's making is that um, God has put his power and his majesty on display for us. The point that he's making is not that we will always know this mm-hmm, or that as mm-hmm. human beings, we will uh, never take it for granted, right? Right, but the point is that he did it. The point yeah. is that he did it and that now we are without excuse, right? Right, yeah. And so we can all remember back at one time or another in our lives, like I shared in one of the sermons, um, you know, whether we're standing at Niagara Falls mm-hmm. or you're on the top of a mountain or for some people you're at the beach staring out across the ocean. We can all remember a moment where we knew there must have been somebody who made this. There, right. This is so incredible, you know, and we realize that there's something more to this than meets the eye. Mm. Right. And that's what Paul is saying. He's saying that creation in and of itself is enough to lead us to believe that there's a God. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Creation in, in and of itself is not the gospel. Mm-hmm. It is not sufficient to save us from our sins. Right. Right. But it is enough to lead us in the direction of seeking God. Mm. And our problem as humanity is that we choose not to do that. Right. Right. It's that in our in our kind of broken state, in our broken view, we view other things, other alternatives as more, um, yeah, more appealing I guess. And so that's kind of what Paul is speaking into. Well, he goes into talk about like this downward spiral of our thinking in the direction mm-hmm. of our hearts, right? Despite yeah. the fact that God has made it plain to us. Mm-hmm. So I think you want to take us there now. Anyway. I do. Yeah. So, I was yeah. trying to segue it a little yeah. bit. I don't know if you caught sure. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he goes on to talk about this idea of um, God giving us over to our depraved mind, to our sinful desires. And he, he allows our hearts to become hard, um, and he gives us over to what our, our heart is desiring after a period of time where we consistently seek after, you know, the various sin, whatever it might be, but where we prioritize that, and we put that at the top of our queue above God. So um, I'm just wondering, this is a question that kind of popped up for me uh, while we were going through this series on Romans. How do we hold together kind of the, the two concepts that uh, if you continually um, you know, give yourself and your priority and your heart over to sin rather than God, and he'll allow you to harden it. How do we hold that together with the idea that, you know, nobody's too far gone to receive the grace of God? Right. That at first seems like a huge paradox Mm. and a challenge, Mm -hmm. right? But when we understand that, like, um, we actually are choosing this for ourselves. Right. God is not choosing to hand us over like in and of himself, Mm -hmm. but actually you are already running away from him. Mm -hmm. Right. So is that a paradox when it comes to, is anybody too far gone for God to save? No, 
the minute that you repent, which means turning away from what you were just doing and heading toward God instead, mm. of course he will come and rescue you. Mm. Of course he will come and meet you. But the problem is that Paul is talking to a group of people who aren't doing that. They mm -hmm. are not turning away. So, of course, it's like any argument that you have had with someone, right? right? Where it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter how clear you make it for them. Mm. They aren't even trying to come around to what you are trying to say. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just arguing for the sake of arguing. Um, of course, eventually you throw in the towel and you say, mm. okay, have it your way. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want to, maybe you're building something, you know, or I'm working with my kids on something. We're doing Lego. They don't want to follow the instructions time and time and time again. Well, okay, fine. Do it your way. And eventually you're going to realize that that's not going to work out for you. Mm. Right. And the moment that you do, I'm going to come back and I'm going to help you. Mm -hmm. But it can't be shocking to us yeah. when we are running away from God. And then he says, okay, keep, you Go can ahead. run, you yeah, can run, yeah. you <laughs> yeah. know, and it's not that he doesn't love us and yeah. it's not that he doesn't care for us. Right. It's that, but there's a moment where we must repent of what we've done mm -hmm. and we must turn to him. Right. Right. Even, uh, I've said this many times on Sunday in the book of James, it says when we draw close to God, he will draw close to us. Mm -hmm. But the point is that we turn to him first, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's a choice we have to make. Right. Well, that's what his law is intended for right it's not it's not a tool for oppression or a tool for division it's a tool to turn us back towards god to show us um what it looks like to, to run the opposite direction right, right? so uh, in that i guess where where did the jews that were uh, you know reestablishing the church in rome where did they kind of go wrong where did they take um this idea of the law too far yeah i think in many ways you know and Paul addresses that a bit too, because really a lot of the beginning of the book of Romans is directed, as you can imagine, at the Gentiles, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Where it's like, this is very clearly what happened to you. Yeah. And then at the start of chapter two, pa mm -hmm. Paul is confronted. I remember reading Romans before doing the series with my wife, and we were like, oh, these crazy, disgusting people. I can't believe they would do this. <laughs> and then you flip the page and you're at Romans chapter two. And it says, and any of you who would judge somebody doing this, you're equally as guilty as yeah. them, yeah. if not worse. Right. Right. Because you know. Because yeah. you actually, yeah, you actually know what's yeah. better and you still fall into the same sins that they are doing. Mm. And so, um, yeah, where were the Jews in this spectrum? Well, I mean, like we are all prone to sin, right? Mm. So, and Romans is going to get there too. There, it's not going to um, let us go that quickly, but it's going to remind us like just as disobedience came to the world through one man, right. righteousness will also come through one man, right? Mm -hmm. But what, it, what Paul's telling us is like, we've all sinned. Mm -hmm. we're, all, we're all there. And so the Jews really uh, were kind of tricking themselves by mm -hmm. thinking that on the outside, you know, I'm going to show up looking like I've got my life together, but really my secret life is a complete mess. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think in some degree we can all kind of relate with that a little bit too. Mm -hmm. There's been, you know, times in my life where I've also been like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to put my mask on. I'm going to say, anyone ask me how I'm doing? I'm going to say, I'm doing great, I'm doing sure. really well. And I'm going to keep on rolling. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's an inauthentic view of, of where I'm actually at, where my heart's actually at. Right. right. Um, so I think that's why this book has been so impactful for me. Just as we, we get kind of towards the end of our, our review, the end of chapter two, 
Um, you last spoke about this idea of kind of circumcision mm-hmm. and how the the Jews viewed the actual physical act of circumcision. Um, to, they interpreted that as kind of, you know, the passing mark for holiness, whereas kind of what Jesus is talking about uh, and, and what Paul is talking about is that circumcision is actually inward. It's a circumcision of the heart. Right. And um, so this very last verse, I'll just read it out. This is uh, chapter 2, verse 29. It says, no, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart by the spirit, not by the written code. Such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. So I kind of, I guess where we landed on that was I still at times in my life find myself struggling trying to, to, to get praise from people even though I know that the, the inward circumcision is, is reflective of getting praise from God rather than from my outside peers, my relationships and stuff like that. Mm. Um, can you maybe speak into a little bit why, even though we know this, you know, we can, we can, we can see it here in the book, we can read it, we, we know that it's the truth, but, but we still, or at least I still find myself looking outside for some sort of praise and affirmation. Sure. Thank you for your honesty first, for sharing that. I think we all, like you said, can fall into that trap, right? Mm. Where we are still looking for affirmation from other people, mm-hmm. even though we know that God has transformed our hearts right. and therefore we should only be looking for affirmation from him. I think one thing that stands out to me first is that we live in a world that functions by what other people think of us, mm. right? You will only ever get a promotion, most people think, if your boss likes you or you mm. impress your boss or you do above and beyond what your coworkers are doing. You know, you'll only ever be the coolest person in your high school or in your class or whatever if you impress your classmates mm. by being the funniest or the uh, most athletic or whatever, right. by impressing yeah. people, yeah. right? That's how you get ahead in life. And so, I mean, it's not surprising that we would think that uh, or that we would strive to do those things. Kind of right? ingrained into, yeah. Yeah, we live in a culture where that's how we think we get ahead. Mm-hmm. But um, this is a work of the Holy Spirit adjusting our mindset. Mm. And so we have to also remember, I've had to do this too. You know, it actually isn't those people who ordain our steps. Mm. It isn't those people who direct where we will end up. Mm-hmm. It, that That's a work of God, right? So I think it's a reminder to us of really who is sovereign over every situation in mm. our life. Mm. I wonder if that would help. Mm-hmm. And then also giving yourself some grace because what this verse actually says is that circumcision is of the heart by the spirit, mm-hmm. right? So it's a constant work of the Holy Spirit mm. in our lives, reminding us whose we are mm-hmm. and who is most important to us. And so it's a process, uh, like we talk about in our beginnings class, of sanctification, mm. right? This process by which the Holy Spirit causes us to look more like Jesus Christ. Mm. who only ever sought the approval of his father. And so we can't expect ourselves the moment that we accept Jesus Christ or our hearts are circumcised or however you want to put it to live perfect lives, right? Mm-hmm. Then we're falling back into that same trap that the Jews were in, right? Right. But we have to remember that we are every day working out our salvation mm. and every day becoming more like Jesus, right? That, But the point is that we live repentant before God. The point is that our hearts are turned toward Him Mm. and not running away from Him. So I don't know if that helps, Josh. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah.